MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, May 14th, 2021. Today, the CDC says fully vaccinated people don't need to wear masks in most settings. Florida officials prepare for Trump to be indicted by the Manhattan District Attorney. Cy Vance has subpoenaed the school of the grandchildren of Alan Weiselberg in a suspected tax fraud scheme by his son. And the judge in the Chauvin case finds four aggravating factors present for sentencing. And Joel Greenberg gets a plea deal. I'm your host, A.G. Wow, everybody. Today's entire show is schadenfreude. Um, it's <laughs> it's going to be a good one. And there's a lot of breaking news. Um, and man, I just, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is getting super bright. And I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to share all this news with you today. So let's just get to it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. And and pretty much every story today is a lead story. So let's just start with my favorite. From Politico today, law enforcement officials in Palm Beach County, Florida, have actively prepared for, meaning they've had meetings about this, for the possibility that Cy Vance could indict the former guy, Horsey McSnuffles, uh, while he's at Mar-a-Lago. And that's according to two high-ranking county officials involved in the planning of those sessions. Among the topics discussed is how to handle the thorny extradition issues that could arise if an indictment moves forward while Trump is in Florida. There's an obscure clause in a Florida statute on interstate extradition that gives Governor DeSantis the ability to intervene and even investigate whether an indicted person ought to be surrendered to law enforcement officials from another state, which means that as Mar-a-Lago prepares to close down for the summer and Trump relocates to New Jersey, it isn't just the Florida heat he's leaving behind. He could lose a key piece of political protection. (laughs) So Vanity Fair says, quote, The statute leaves room for interpretation that the governor has the power to order a review and potentially not comply with an extradition notice. That's Joe Arbuzo, Palm Beach County's circuit court clerk, and he was talking to Politico in that instance. Abruzzo is the person who would be in charge of opening a potential fugitive-at-large case against the former guy, should one be necessary. So, you know, we've talked about the extradition thing. People are like, DeSantis isn't going to hand him over. And I've always said, ultimately, he will have to. Ultimately, if if it goes to the courts, he will have to be extradited. But, but, you know, DeSantis could delay it for for a while, um, considerably, probably, according to this weird rule, because he, he's just, uh, you know, enough of a dickhead to do something like that. Um, and, you know, at the beginning of the year, I thought Trump would be indicted by Vance by the end of April. Looks like I'm going to be a little bit late on that. And I do apologize. But I don't know, man. I think it's coming soon. Uh, again, I know if you know, don't get your hopes up. You'll see you'll believe it when you see it, et cetera, et cetera. I feel you. Um, but, that, you know, that's what I do. I, I speculate. So speaking of Cy Vance, the Wall Street Journal, you know, the real conservative paper is reporting that New York prosecutors have subpoenaed a Manhattan private school seeking the cooperation of Trump organization CFO Alan Weisselberg in their investigation of the former guy and his company. And that's according to people familiar with the matter. The subpoena seeks information from Columbia Grammar and Preparatory School, where the grandchildren 
of Alan Weisselberg are students. And from 2012 to 2019, more than $500,000 of the children's tuition was paid for with checks signed either by Mr. Weisselberg or Mr. Trump. The two children's mother, Jennifer Weisselberg, told the Wall Street Journal. She is the former wife of Barry Weisselberg, and, and she handed over like 18 million documents to, <laughs> to prosecutors. Mr. Weisselberg says she told Manhattan prosecutors she and Barry understood the tuition payments to be part of her ex-husband's compensation package at the Trump Organization, where he worked. Former prosecutors not involved in the probe said the Manhattan District Attorney's Office would be examining whether the Weisselbergs evaded taxes with this tuition payment arrangement. Bridget Crawford, who's a tax law professor at Pace University, says that if someone pays a child's tuition directly to the institution as a gift, there's no tax. But if an employer pays tuition for an employee's child or grandchild, that is presumed to be income. And it isn't a gift. So that would be illegal. Now, the subpoena marks a, sep- a separate front in this investigation of the, you know, from Cy Vance, which has for months been trying to get Weisselberg's cooperation. Uh, prosecutors often seek cooperation of somebody possibly involved in a crime to obtain confidential information and provide a potential roadmap to records or documents. That's a quote from the Wall Street Journal. Yes, thank you, Wall Street Journal. Typically, prosecutors offer potential defendant leniency in exchange for the help. Thanks for that information, Wall Street Journal. Putting pressure on possible defendants' family is one way to encourage cooperation. Yes, we've been talking about this since the very first episode of Mueller, she wrote, when they were going to, we were trying to figure out if they were going to indict Flynn and his son or just Flynn. But I remember that. Now, quote, people who know Mr. Weisselberg say he's faithful to the Trump organization and they question whether he would ever, ever breach that loyalty, unquote. All right, Wall Street Journal, I've got to stop now because now you're just kidding. Of course he will cooperate. He already has. He already had a non-prosecution agreement with the Southern District of New York in the Trump-Cohen-Stormy Daniels case where Trump was an unindicted co-conspirator. He's done this, but he's done this. You know, he'll cooperate, I think. And speaking of cooperating, Joel Greenberg has a plea change hearing this Monday at 10 a.m., according to a court filing made this morning. That means he is going to be cooperating. And it's not usual, I think, that the feds would cooperate a sex trafficker or a guy accused of so many crimes unless he has some pretty spectacular proffer. And uh, I'm going to speak with lawyer, author, and friend of mine, Jennifer Taub, in a bit about the details here. Uh, Also, incidentally, Monday is the deadline for Merrick Garland to hand over the Bill Barr OLC memo to the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington or appeal Judge Jackson's ruling to do so. It could give us a little bit of insight into Merrick Garland's appetite or lack thereof for holding Horsey McSnuffles accountable. And big news from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention today. Fully vaccinated people can ditch the masks and stop social distancing in most indoor and outdoor settings, regardless of the size of the crowd. Permission to stop using them now offers an incentive to the many millions who are still holding out. As of Wednesday, about 154 million people have received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, but only about one third of the nation. That's 117.6 million people have been fully vaccinated. Individuals are considered fully vaccinated two weeks after the, the one dose Johnson and Johnson shot or the second dose of either Pfizer or Moderna. But the pace has slowed. Providers are administering about 2.1 million doses per day, 2.2, give or take. Um, that's about a 36% decrease from the peak of 3.4 million in mid-April. However, now that they've opened it up to uh, about 17 million or so, 
um, 12 to 15 year olds, uh, that number is going to probably go up again pretty quickly. I imagine a lot of parents want their kids to get vaccinated so they can go out and be in the world again. Now, this new advice comes with caveats. Even vaccinated individuals must cover their faces and physically distance when physically distance when you go to the doctor, a hospital, a long-term care facility like a nursing home, or when you're traveling, uh, or uh, on a bus, plane, train, you know, other modes of public transportation, or while in transportation hubs like airports and bus stations, when in prisons, jails, or homeless shelters. So that's going to be a real big bummer for all these insurrectionists who are about to go to, to prison. <laughs> Still have to wear masks. Sorry. Uh, personally, I'm going to continue to wear my mask in public, indoors, in most situations. Definitely during flu season. I really loved not being sick all year. I really did. And here's some justice news today. A Minnesota judge has found aggravating factors in Derek Chauvin's murder of George Floyd. This is a finding that increases the likelihood pretty pretty solidly, that he will serve a longer-than-minimum sentence. Chauvin, uh, as we know, was found guilty last month of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter in the death of George Floyd. In May 2020, Judge Peter Cahill said in an order made public Wednesday that four aggravating factors are present in the case. Chauvin abused a position of trust and authority as a cop. He treated Floyd with particular cruelty. He committed the crime as part of a group with at least three other people, and the children were present during the commission of the crime. As we know, the nine-year-old girl who witnessed the incident testified, saying that it made her feel sad and kind of mad. Chauvin was found guilty on all the counts against him. In Minnesota, a person convicted of multiple crimes for a single incident is typically only sentenced for the most severe charge. In this case, that's second-degree murder, which carries a 40-year max. The sentencing guideline recommendations is 12.5 years for the conviction of unintentional second-degree murder for someone with no criminal history. Prosecutors sought an upward departure from that based on these aggravating factors, and Cahill agreed with the prosecutors on all of their aggravating factors except the one where they argued that Floyd was particularly vulnerable. And here's what Cahill had to say about that. Restraining George Floyd in the prone position with the weight of three officers on him for a prolonged period did not create a vulnerability that was exploited to cause death. It was the actual mechanism causing death. Interesting. Chauvin sentencing is scheduled for late June. We'll keep it posted about that. And we will be right back with Jennifer Taub. And later, Amy Carrera will be joining us for the good news. What a great show. What a great day. Happy Friday, everybody. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by my favorite thing ever, Magic Spoon Cereal. It's incredibly delicious, super healthy, and it brings joy to your mornings or afternoons or midnight snack times. It's my favorite food growing up with cereal, and I, I would sit there and watch Saturday morning cartoons with my bowl of cereal, and then I'd drink the milk after. But I had to give it up as an adult because of all the sugar and carbs and junk. Uh, but that is when I found Magic Spoon. It tastes exactly like regular cereal from your childhood, but it is super nutritious. It magically has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs in each serving, and only 140 calories per serving. It is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got exciting news. Magic Spoon has new super delicious flavor. Birthday cake. Oh, my God. Birthday cake Magic Spoon is now available in a special five-pack or for a limited time only. You can get it while you can. You can build it into your own box. Available flavors to build your custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. I love the great new flavors. Combining them is amazing, too. I like to put some cocoa in with peanut butter. It's like a peanut butter cup. 
and then the milk is delicious. Anyway, it's um, I can't say enough good things about Magic Spoon. Be sure to use our promo code DAILYBEANS at checkout. You can save $5 off your order. This offer is now good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. Yay, Canada. But when you use our code at checkout, it's the only time you get the $5 off. And Magic Spoon is so confident. It has a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund all your money. No questions asked. No risk here. All reward. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com dailybeans and use code dailybeans to save $5 off. And thanks, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring us. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, I am joined today by my friend and author of the book, Big Dirty Money. Welcome, Jennifer Taub. Jennifer, hello. Hey, AG. It's so great to be back. It's great to be seeing you. It's been so long. I think the last time I saw you face to face was actually in Brooklyn. Uh, Yeah. And I think that must have been around two years ago. Yeah. Just right, right about that. At the at the bell house out there, yeah. But and to remind everyone how you first came onto my radar with the Mueller she wrote um, uh, podcast when you when you first joined us, Jacob Wool, one of the uh, the of the the duet, the pissant duet, Wool and Berkman, uh, had tried to gin up some sort of false uh, Robert Mueller sexual harassment story. And you were one of the people that was supposed to come out and spill the beans. <laughs> I mean, when I think about how I almost deleted the ridiculous email, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I got this weird email saying, not even asking you, but saying, we understand that you worked with Robert Mueller earlier and, you know, if you, we'll pay you for your time if you call us and tell us about that experience. And I'm like, this seems weird. So, you know, I, I am a lawyer, so I just forwarded it to the special counsel's office. And that was just, that's, that's when things got a little crazy um, from there. But yeah, no, I mean, and then it turns out that he was trying, it, it all kind of blew up in his face. He had actually found somebody, um, some girlfriend of his to falsely accuse Robert Mueller of a sexual assault. And it all kind of fell apart with a very weird, press conference with his, with his friend. Do you remember this? Jack Berkman, whose fly was unzipped. So that's yes. how that went. Um, but I I just thought, you know, I actually at the time, if you look at some of the interviews, I kind of felt bad. I didn't know much about Wall. I knew he was in his 20s and I felt bad for him. But that feeling has long since passed. I mean, he's gone after anyone and everyone, including the famous uh, trying to, what was it? He was trying to, st- trying to, um, pin some sort of sexual liaison scandal on Elizabeth Warren, but it really backfired. He accused her of having some sort of hot affair with a Marine. Everyone was like, yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, everybody so. was like, high five, Liz. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and now he's actually in deep, deep, yes. serious trouble yes. uh, for his robocall scam with, with Berkman, Yep, uh, both in New York with the New York uh, Attorney General there, Tish James, and in uh, Michigan as well. My so, home state of Michigan, yeah. I mean, they were doing these robocalls, you know, essentially, am I allowed to say rat fucking, you know, uh, in the style of um, their, their um, either their actual mentor, who's going to probably come up today, or their just spiritual mentor, assuming he has any, any kind of spirit, um, Roger Stone. So that was, you know, that style. And so, you know, I, you know, AG, I've all, often wondered whether I should see if I could get the FBI file on that. Cause I am curious what was really, you know, the full story of if they thought I was kind of nuts when I forwarded that email to the special counsel or what. So, yeah, that should be interesting. Um, I, a follow up on that. I would love to know. 
Um, but he's in a lot of hot water. But somebody else is uh, about to be, and already actually is, in a lot of hot water, and that's our friend uh, Matt Gates. because here, according to the Orlando Sentinel, a change of plea hearing has been scheduled for Monday in federal court for Joel Greenberg. That is the former Seminole County tax collector who resigned in disgrace last June in a case that has reportedly since taken aim at Matt Gates. Now, he's got 33, I think, federal criminal indictments against him, including sex trafficking. Um, and so, uh, but it looks like there's going to be a change of plea hearing and he's going to plead guilty. What are your thoughts on that? Wow. I mean, this is a Florida man double header. So, you know, we've got... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, no offense. I mean, Florida is a, is, a, is a great sunshiny state, but my God, I mean, my, so, you know, I'm sure your listeners know a lot of the background, but I mean, the way I look at both um, the, both of this um, tax collector, Greenberg, and this congressman, Matt Gates, both Florida men, is that, you know, it's kind of hard to untangle the unsavory from the unlawful right? Um, because there's just a lot of slime covering the, the facts here. But under, if you, if you like, if you like, like kind of wash it down, like hose them down um, and all the slime goes away, we've got some, some sort of solid uh, federal crimes that, um, that, he, that Matt Gates, the congressman might be implicated in. And that, that's his, that should be his big concern. In terms of this character, um, that he got he got mixed up with Greenberg. I mean, talk about a, a, a sleaze bag. Um, this is a guy who gets this job as like a town a county like tax collector. I mean, it's like it sounds like a, in in Florida, it's like the sleepiest job you would would think of. And he man, I mean, this guy's nuts. I mean, he manages to like waste over a million. Wait, I'm saying waste in quotes allegedly you know, spend without justification. What, what do we call it? Siphon off a million dollars. And did you see some of this, AG? It's like he, he bought like, um, what was it? Not military equipment, but like he bought like battle gear and he, he spent, he spent his money on some really crazy stuff. Um, but what he, <laughs> so he, and what to get, he really liked, um, having this prestigious tax collector job so much so that in order to fend off his, his opponent, he accused his opponent of having sex, um, who was, his opponent was like a teacher yeah. accusing him of hitting on or having sex with minors. So it was one of these sort of what we're familiar with in the Donald Trump world, accused somewhat of what you are doing, what, where he meets up with Gates and the third Florida man, Roger Stone. I mean, it, it gets, it's this kind of combination of, of um, unsavory and illegal stuff. So he was, um, what we know of in the news, the allegations are that this Greenberg guy was kind of um, acting as a sugar daddy to young women, some of them of age, right? The young, the, the women who were underage, he was raping. That's essentially what that is. But he was um, apparently paying women with money and with drugs and co apparently coercing them to have sex with him as well as Matt Gates. And there's there's no, we don't call it the paper trail anymore, but there's a Venmo trail. Right. There's like there's like these 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 money exchanges. Yeah. I mean, we had joked around uh, <laughs> that. um 
you know, Matt Gates is so dumb. How dumb is he? He thinks that because he doesn't pay with paper money that there's no paper trail. Uh, like I can just see him saying, hey, Venmo, it's digital. No paper trail. Well, also, like, just... <laughs> he was like sending. He was like, but, you know, there's the, it's like all all the same time. It's like he would pay his friend Greenberg on Venmo. Well, he'd say things like, you know, he said a text or hit, say, you know, hit so-and-so up, which is this woman he apparently had sex with um, at that time when she was 18. But then also, obviously, the allegation is that it was rape when she was underage. He says hit her up. And then he also pays money to Greenberg, who then turns around apparently the same day and takes that same amount of money and then splits it up against these up and pays it off to these women um, uh, several, only one of them with Gates, they're saying was underage, pays them this money. And it, it's just so easy to see the connection between these things. Um, there's allegations that they were all taking ecstasy, um, you know, drinking, flying people across state lines. And I, I'm, I'm giving you these lurid details, not because I'm trying to encourage um, people to follow their lifestyle of, you know, you know, what, a, you know, sex, sun and fun. Um, but it's because when you um, bring people across state lines for the purpose of having sex for money um, and you entice them with money or drugs, this gets into federal crime, right? The other thing, though, AG, which gets lost, you know, um, when you wash away the sleazy stuff um, and you separate out the, um, the sex trafficking is the fact that they were allegedly involved in getting a candidate to run in Florida, in a Florida state election, who wasn't really a real candidate to try to um, make sure a Democrat did not win a seat, and right? So there's a lot of there's a lot of monkey business. It's like it's very weird how um, how this all how this all worked, and somehow they're also connected together in photos and in conversations with Roger Stone. Right, and unfortunately, running a shill candidate is running a straw candidate is not a crime, but overpaying them or compensating them or bribing them, uh, then you start to get into computer fraud and wire fraud and, and, you know, all those kind of surrounding crimes that that uh, sort of accompany the lawful but awful sliminess, right? Yes. And then also the investigators are looking into the fact that he potentially uh, was part of a, a bribery scheme, that he was awarded a trip to the Bahamas with, with women and drugs and, and sunshine, uh, in exchange for putting together uh, pro-cannabis legislation in in Florida for his friend, uh, Dr. Piazzolo or Pirazzolo, the right. hand doctor, right? The hand surgeon. Oh, and there's some connection like with the hand, right? This hand surgeon who's somehow into trying to change the cannabis legislation in Florida because he had some investments in that business. I mean, there's a there there's a lot. There's a lot there. And um, it's, you know, again, it's even with this, even with this giving gifts to people, it only crosses over under federal law into um, into bribery if it's a quid pro quo for an official act. So as we learned from the case with the governor of Virginia, the McDonald case, paying for access um, is not a federal crime. Um, but it, if you're paying um, or tipping uh, or asking for money in exchange for an official act, even if you don't do that act, then we get into, um, a, you know, potential bribery or gratuity federal offense. So, you know, I don't know what the plea looks like on Monday, but um, I, I hope it's um, 
I hope it's broadcast or streamed. Is it supposed to be? Uh, I, I haven't looked into that. I don't know the answer to that question, but um, I, I, I'm assuming it should be somewhere or there at least should be a call for press, like a, a number. Usually we get the, the press will get a number to dial in. I can also just uh, follow. I can always follow like Adam Klasfeld. Or, <laughs> I love there's him. There's a lot of a lot of folks on, on Twitter. I follow you when there's hearings, <laughs> you know, on Twitter. Um, because of your play-by-play. Aaron Rupar is another good one uh, if you don't have access to that call. I do have to take a really quick okay. break, but I want to talk a little bit about some of the elements, po- potential elements of this plea agreement. Um, but I have to take a quick break. So will you stay with me? I will. Everybody, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this portion of The Beans is brought to you by Allform. Nowadays, most of us prefer buying well-made crafted goods designed for our specific tastes rather than mass-produced Uh, junk made for everyone, the masses. That's why I love Allform. Allform crafts the most beautiful, high-quality furniture to fit your own personal style. Their sofas and chairs are made to your specifications, and then they're delivered directly to you with fast free shipping. It's so easy. You get to customize your own luxury furniture using premium materials, but at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. Because with Allform, you pick your fabric, the color, the finish of the legs, and the shape and configuration, so it's perfect for your home. I got a three-seater sofa with whiskey-colored leather, walnut leg finish, and a chaise lounge at the end. It's so comfy. It came in a couple days. I put it together myself. I love it. It's roomy and modern. And my favorite part is I designed it to my own specifications. The other great thing about Allform is how incredibly fast they deliver to you. Normally, if you want a new sofa, it takes weeks or months. And you don't need someone to come assemble it in your home. Allform takes just three to seven days to arrive, and you can assemble it yourself in a few minutes with no tools needed. Allform has beautiful armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight seat sectionals, so there's something for everyone. And you can always start small and add on later if you're if you have moved to a bigger house or your family grows or changes. It's awesome. And best of all, you get a hundred days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free. They'll give you a full refund. There's no risk here. And they have a forever warranty, literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And Allform is offering 20%, 20% off all orders to listeners at allform.com slash dailybeans. Everybody, welcome back. I'm talking to Jen Taub, author of Big Dirty Money. Such a good book. I'm so glad you wrote it. Before the break, we talked about the sliminess and the yuckiness and the crimes uh, involved with Matt Gates that, that are potentially being investigated. Uh, I want to go back to the uh, the plea agreement here because uh, if, I, if memory serves, Greenberg is charged with 33 federal crimes. And, you know, looking at them, I mean, there's a lot of sort of the typical stuff that you would see that comes along with these kinds of this kind of activity, but there's some there's some bigger ones on there too. How would you? Because I've we've been saying this. Ellie Honig has said this. Preet Bharara said this. He's not a great witness, right? He's really gross, and his testimony might be totally unusable. You would have to really have some really important information or useful information for the federal government if you're going to cooperate this kind of a witness, especially with the sex trafficking, rape. I mean, that's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, as you know, I wasn't a federal prosecutor, but many of my friends, Ellie Honig, uh, Joyce Vance were. Um, and so when I, when I listen to them, one thing they say, you know, is when they have a tough witness like this, um, like Greenberg, um, you know, it's it's hard. The jury's not going to like this person and they're not going to trust this person. And they're going to wonder whether he's lying about Gates, just like he lied about the candidate he was trying to set up. And in fact, that's what Gates's lawyer is trying to argue. Right. So this is a very 
this can be a very tough witness to trust um, for a jury to trust. But what the prosecutors will say, first of all, is, um, you know, we didn't choose this witness. Matt Gates did. This is his associate. This is who he chose to surround himself with, right? But even so, even though that's what prosecutors will do, he's not likable or trustworthy. And so that means where, you know, where this question is leading us, your question is that they must have some very solid corroborated evidence against Gates if that if the plea deal involves his cooperation in a case against Gates, right? So assuming that, and it can't just be his word. This guy is is not trustworthy. It's got to be real hard evidence that he's providing. Right. No, because think back to uh, the Manafort trial. Rick Gates, um, who we thought would be a fine witness, nobody trusted him. He stole from a thief and cheated on his wife. Like, he was just an awful, horrible man. And so nobody trusted him. And that's why the jury only came back to convict on, I think, 11 counts instead of 18 uh, because of his testimony. But the, But because of the other... Uh, documentary evidence that they had that was corroborated by Rick Gates's testimony. So that's what I'm thinking. He's got Joel Greenberg has some sort of a smoking gun uh, for, you know, for lack of a better term here, uh, because smoking guns are also circumstantial. But, uh, you know, he, he could have all the information about the fake IDs that they were giving to underage girls or, you know, I'm, I'm totally speculating. But it, it would have to be, like you said, documentary, provable evidence that's only corroborated by what this particular witness would say. Yeah, I mean, you're not, not, not entirely just speculating because apparently there's underage and there's underage, right? So there were... According to news accounts, there were young women who were above the age of consent. So in the state, they were above 18, but they weren't old enough to drink. And according to one article, they were making fake IDs as part of the payment for these sexual encounters. Okay, so that's that's an enticement, and that starts to get you into making um, this, you know, a federal crime. You know, prostitution is a state crime, but when you get things involved like interstate commerce and enticement, or you get threats of force, or you get underage people, you can start crossing over into these, into these, um, the Mann Act, taking people across state lines for purposes of prostitution, or you get into the sex trafficking if you involve underage, or you involve enticements or um, threats of coercion. So we have all this here, and you have to ask yourself, what's in it for Greenberg? I mean, have they added up these counts and said to him, you won't get, you know, looking what we're looking at, you will not get out of jail. You will be in jail for the rest of your adult life. I mean, maybe he'd get out um, in his 70s and maybe he's hoping to get a shorter sentence. And again, that's going to be something that is going to make him less credible in front of a jury. But it sounds to me like in addition to the Venmo trail, um, there might be what he can provide is the narrative. I think there might be another witness too. One of the girl isn't one of his his um ex-girlfriend. I think where Greenberg is helpful, even if he like Gates can be impeached on the stand and treated like he's a liar, he's the one who can walk through and say, see this photo where we're smiling in the photo? This is what we did that day. And he can tell the whole story. Like what were they doing in the middle of the night um at the office with fake IDs? Like he can tell the story of each piece of it. He can talk about, he can tie all the, the circumstantial evidence together and then you have another corroborating witness 
Um, and so I think they believe he's valuable, I guess. Yeah, because then you can put together a totality of the evidence, big picture story. But, you know, like you said, his word isn't going to be enough. There's going to have to be corroborating documents, documentary evidence and, uh, you know, hard video, uh, you know, videotape, for example. I know that there's, you know, Lordy, there are tapes when this when it comes to this. We've got video surveillance of Matt Gates in that room going through IDs in the dark at night, you know, and he made up some sort of a story about it. I mean, I don't know if he'll, I don't know if he's going to plea or if this would go to trial. And if he went to trial, he obviously Gates wouldn't take the stand. But you know what, what story would Gates's lawyer offer you know, a jur- to a jury to explain why he was there in the middle of the night? Well, it, here's what the lawyer spokesperson says, uh, that, that Matt had lost his wallet and needed a new ID. And that's what you do at the tax collector. Uh, a t- tax collector's office 400 miles away from your house. Uh, and uh, and they were there because, but then, you know, he f- later found his wallet and didn't need those IDs. But that's his story. That's what he's saying. Which is entirely credible because if you're a U.S. congressman, that you have to go to some, you know, in the middle of the night to make sure people know who you are. Yeah, no, I, it doesn't seem particularly credible. No. I mean, to me. Nothing Matt Gates does is credible, but... I mean, the wild card... I mean, the wild card is whether, which we know I think is not true, but whether somehow he was given a secret pardon from Trump. I um, I somehow doubt it because because I, I think he would have said something about that by now. <laughs> but yeah, and that's gonna that would be really hard to to have that hold up um, if it wasn't reported to Department of Justice and wasn't made public and isn't written down anywhere and doesn't have a record. That because I mean, what's he? You could write on. I could write myself a pardon from Donald Trump right now. You Do know. you have a sharpie though? I do. I have a whole collection of Sharpies, as a matter of fact. So, yeah, I can I can extend this hurricane to Alabama if I need to. I mean, I think that would be really interesting if Trump wrote him one now and claimed that he had had pardoned him before, but just not told him. Yeah. And then you would have then you if I were the lawyer, I would I would say you need to come in and be deposed under oath that you signed this before you got out of office and that you are pardoning a sex trafficker. I'm going to need you to come in and say those words in, in court, you know. Like, yeah, this could get interesting, AG. It really could. Uh, either way, however it shakes out. Or or the, the Trumpian way would be to take one of the other pardons and just sharpie it out and <laughs> write his name in. You just cross out Roger Stone and Matt Gates in Sharpie. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that and put it on Twitter. That's hilarious. I'm going to go find the, I'm going to go find the pardon of Roger Stone right now. Uh, you can actually find the screenshots of the um, pardons online. Go, I'll show you that you can you're smart. You can figure out how to find them. But it's it's. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. All right. Well, thank you very much. Everybody check out the book. Big Dirty Money. Where can people follow you? Uh, Jen Taub on Twitter. T-A-U-B. Thank you so much. It's been really great catching up and I hope we talk soon. Me too. Everybody will be right back with the good news. I'm Greg Oliar. Four years ago, I stopped writing novels to report on the crimes of Donald Trump and his associates. In 2018, I wrote a best-selling book about it, Dirty Rubles. In 2019, I launched Prevail, a bi-weekly column about Trump and Putin. President Putin was extremely strong and powerful. Spies. Active measures. in the language of the KGB. Mobsters. And uh, Donald Trump obviously does a lot of construction. And so many traitors. Over the last two years that I've been here, I've been accused of all different types of things, and uh, all of those things have turned out to be false. Alternative facts. I drank beer with my friends. Almost everyone did. Sometimes I had too many beers. Sometimes others did. I liked beer. Trump may be gone. 
but the damage he wrought will take years to fully understand. The best is yet to come! Join me and a revolving crew of contributors and guests as we try to make sense of it all. This is Prevail. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday. That means Amy Carrero is joining us. Amy, how are you? Hi. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm about to go play D&D like we talked about, and I do dress up for that. So, you know. I'm feeling a little dorky. Is there going to be a photo on some sort of social media that I can refer people to? Yes. Uh, well, technically, this is supposed to be like the show I'm doing is a secret and it's not going to air for a while. So I'll let you know. But you get a sneak peek of the look. Oh, excellent. Where? where Insta? Twitter? Where? where? I'm going to do it. I'm going to post a little picture on, on Instagram tonight. All right. We'll look for that. Yeah. So everybody follow. Got to follow Amy on IG. Um, and we have so many great submissions, um, confessions, corrections, misheard lyrics, um, shared swears, limericks, all that stuff. If you want to play What the Mutt or whatever, you can send it into us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Amy, I'm going to kick us off uh, with uh, several c- corrections. <laughs> Apparently several people <laughs> wrote in with a similar correction, but... James pronouns he and him included a picture of a baby cobalt, <laughs> adu- so that's that's why we picked yeah. this one. Number here and here's what uh, James says: pronouns he and him. I get Matthew's point in Wednesday's good news segment about critical race theory. In academic circles, however, where the name comes from, the word theory does not imply that parts are not settled fact. It's just the opposite. A theory is a well-supported model that ties together all kinds of known facts and subjects and provides a framework for drawing conclusions based on those facts. Unfortunately, colloquial use of the word theory tends to conflate with hypothesis, which is a proposed model that has yet to be tested against the facts through, you know, enough to to qualify as a theory. This is just the same confusion that creationists use when they dismiss evolution as just a theory, Um, because it is. Evolution is a theory. Uh, I don't know that a different name would help. Republicans would still try to ban it, even if it were called the complete and accurate history of the role of race in society in the Americas. (laughs) It's true. They would. For pod bet tax, a bit of an update on Cobalt, the mini Aussie. She's been doing well since her surgery, but this week she's come down with old dog vestibular oh. syndrome, which which has seriously affected her sense of balance. The vet assures us that it should only last three to six days, but it's been scary seeing her stagger around. Oh, I know it's that it hurts my heart when that happens with one of my pets, you know. I'll let you know when she's back to her old self. Yes, please keep us updated on Cobalt. For pictures I've already shown, you Grendel the main coon with Tigger and baby Denim. So here are Grendel with baby Cobalt and with Mouse the cat. He kind of blends into the background. Baby Cobalt. Oh, what a sweetheart. Oh, these are beautiful cats. Beautiful cats. Too. Wow. Like that's like a painting. Totally. Draw me a portrait. I love it. Well, best of best best of best wishes to Cobalt. Yes. Uh speedy recovery. Okay, next up. Ben pronouns he him. My good news, aside from the return of MSW, is that I have a shiny thing. Ooh, shiny I wrote thing. a couple of months ago with some good news that I was back from abroad. My employer had very kindly provided me with an all expenses paid camping holiday to the Middle East with added semi feral cats. <laughs> well, 
My update now is that they've given me a shiny thing as well. How nice of them. Damn, I wanna work for I wanna work for where you work for. As a pod pad tax, I offer Jess and Ruby. Hopefully they are quite easy to guess. They're both the same crossbreed and they're both very good dogs, even if they argue over who gets to play with a sock. They're seven and eight now, but we uh, but still are we puppies at heart. Oh, oh look at these babies. What do you think babies. their crossbreed is? Um you know, okay, so like is it like a Yorkie? Some sort of terrier and like yeah i see definitely yorkie or some and then some pekingese yeah some sort of like uh japanese chin or pekingese or um uh what's the one uh shih tzu oh sh- yes Maybe. yes for sure for sure okay also you didn't give us like the best full face shot i mean this is an action shot so if we're totally off you know it is what it is um oh wow yeah what, what is that? What is this that you got? What the? Wait. What does it say? Gradi- Gradia Regina HD or FID Elizabeth Day. Wow. I'm like looking at it like, what is this? I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm in shock. It's, it's very beautiful. It looks like a medal of some sort. Yeah, it's a military medal, Iraq and Syria for, for that. So I think this is probably some... I'm assuming you're British. Yes. Ben? Or Australian um, or British? Yeah, maybe something where queens happen and um and this is a uh this is some hardware for doing some doing some important stuff wow. in Iraq and Syria. I'm guessing. Well, congratulations. Yes. All expenses paid camping holiday to the Middle East. Oh, see, so, I did not get that the first time, AG. I was like, I must that's see. nice. My God, what a great employer. Meanwhile, okay, yeah. I, I see, I see. Yeah, so I think that's probably uh, looks like some sort of medal for, for serving in yeah. Iraq and Syria. Yeah. Well, thank you for your service. Oh, look at the bottom. Okay, we were oh. sort of right. Oh, Shih yeah, Shih Tzu and Yorkie. and Yorkie Terrier. Oh, love it. Okay, Doo-doo-doo-doo. that's great. All right. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. And that's just, that's a beautiful, that, those are way cooler than what we get Hell over yeah. here. <laughs> I have to tell you. God. <laughs> Our medals aren't nearly as fancy. We don't have queens and stuff. No. Uh, all right. <laughs> Next up from Corwin, pronoun she and her. Great news. This weekend, my bonus daughters will be receiving their Pfizer shots. Uh, I was worried they'd be waiting for uh, weeks for appointments, but we we got them right away. I guess that's the bright side to a bunch of people not getting vaccinated. <laughs> anyway, I'm thrilled and relieved. They've missed out on sleepovers, playing rec soccer, going to concerts, and actually spending one-on-one time with friends. I can't imagine being 13 or 14, dealing with all the typical teenager crap on top of a fucking pandemic. They've done great overall, but it's time. I'm elated that they get to start existing in the world again and have their lives back. And yeah, and when you're that age, a year mm. is a long damn time. Oh, Remember how long high school lasted? Oh, it seemed like forever. Forever. Now, n- now oh. I take a nap and four years are over. So <laughs> back th- when you're young like that, that's like a, f- a full one thirteenth of your life. And yeah. anyway, att- attached your photos in my happy place, which is my family home in Riverside, California. Love that. Specifically sitting beneath a massive Australian fig that my grandfather planted when he built the house in 1950. AGDG and Amy, thank you for all the time and energy you put in every week. And thank you for being such badasses in general. We're lucky to have you. Wow. Oh. What a gorgeous tree. I know, right? And I love how the wow. deck is sort of built around the root yeah. system there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Wow. That's fancy and very cool. 
that's amazing. That's an amazing tree. I'm so glad that the shots are being had and the the daughters are going to get their lives back. I mean, I'm at the point where I'm skipping birthday. I'm like, my last birthday didn't count. So when my birthday comes along, I am still 32 and I don't want to hear anything else about it. <laughs> I won't say anything else because I'm going to still be 47. Exactly. So. Perfect. Look at us. We're not aging. Okay. Next up, Randy, pronouns he, him. Greetings, ladies of the wonderful fruit. Oh, ladies of the wonderful fruit. In hopes of making up for my horribly rambling good news sandwich from a couple of weeks ago here, it's just a, a few straight up pieces of good news. My family uh, are all getting their shots this week, and I just got in from getting my jam, so we'll all be safe to gather properly soon. We also went camping appropriately distanced, of course, for my sister's birthday at Camp Taylor in New Jersey, which, in case you didn't know, abuts the Lakota Wolf Preserve. Ooh. Therefore, to make up for my lack of pod fest, pets, I hope you'll enjoy some wolves and a bobcat. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't get any good pictures of a bobcat, bobcat begging for treats, but he basically spent the whole time doing that, which was pretty funny. <laughs> Thanks for helping me stay sane on the two-hour drive to New Jersey and for all the news and the swearing. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. I'm sorry. If I saw that, I'd be terrified. <gasps> oh, big wolf. Beautiful. Wow. Wow. Look at that bobcat. That a kitty. Hi, kitty. Wow, wow, wow. Kitty, kitty. That's a gorgeous bobcat. And very scary wolves. It is. I call everything kitty. So kitty. They, uh, that's a that's a big wolf. Yeah. Woohoo! Thank you for those pictures. That's wonderful. We love doing wildlife. Uh, all right. Next up from Danielle, pronouns she and her. Hey, beans queens. I'm not sure if you remember me. I wrote in a few weeks ago to celebrate my new job and share my fluffy girl Dixie. You said she had adorable bat ears, <laughs> which my fiance thought was hilarious. Now he calls her bat ears pup which seems to annoy her. Anyway, Dixie just got her summer haircut and is now not so fluffy. Still adorable, though. This is her with her favorite toy, Monkey. Also, for creative cursing, my coworker and I have a great one. When someone is being a complete idiot, we say that he gets a crayon because I don't have the time and crayons to explain oh, to you. Whoa, that's really good. That's, <laughs> that's really good because it makes you think like crayons. Why the fuck would I need? <gasps> because I'm a kid or I'm being a baby. It reminds me of a game that my friend Sonia and I play all the time. If we just see if there's an idiot or it's just somebody fucking weird, we're always just like your team. <laughs> like, just like I've just assigned that person to your team. Your yeah, team. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, you get the short end of the stick. You get the idiot end of the stick. Yes, indeed. And I'm going to read this next one because yes. then you're going to go on and read the court docket here. So Super. this one is from AM. No pronouns given. Good news. After waiting over a year. Today, I got new glasses. And glory be, next week, I get a professional haircut. Goodbye, crappy COVID-19 self-inflicted haircuts. <laughs> and hello, being able to see again. Oh. Love all you do. And love to MSW2 and the Daily Beans. Oh, how cool. Wow, waiting a year for glasses. Uh, that's got to be tough. I just don't wear mine, and it's a problem. Okay, next up, Amy's court is in session. Peeved V Repeater is on the docket. Gung, gung. Uh, Don, pronouns she, her. Please accept this filing in Amy's court. The facts of the case are as follows. My husband and I are having, we're having a casual conversation when he mentioned a pet peeve of his. I commiserated with him that as it was a reasonable pet peeve, I then mentioned one of mine and that it particularly bothered me because one of our favorite comedians, Eddie Izzard, who's a special comedian, comedian, Eddie Izzard, whose uh, specials we own and frequently fall asleep to, uses it. I hate when people say 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ATM machine. <laughs> uh, the M stands for machine. So you're just repeating yourself. 
He disagrees. He said that it's not all the same because AM is not the same as morning. I told him it was. AM stands for anti-meridian, which denotes the morning. He argued that morning means any time after sunrise, so 3 AM is not necessarily considered morning. Uh, I was doing random housework. He was coding a web extension on his laptop, so he looked up the Latin words anti and meridium. Oh, I said meridian. Meridium. And continued to argue that I was incorrect. I let him continue arguing his point and then let it go because I don't want to get upset at him over a minor pet peeve. I believe that I am right because the abbreviation AM always denotes the morning and regardless of whatever the original Latin meaning may be, it has been used for ages to indicate morning. I am also asking for punitive damages because who argues this vehemently over a stupid pet peeve? We honestly have a wonderful relationship and being married to him is the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. He does have a tendency to be a bit pedantic, but I've always enjoyed it as one of his lovable, lovable quirks. However, I was actually a bit hurt by this because I casually mentioned a pet peeve of mine and he took it so far as to look up the definitions of words from a dead language and lectured me about using the proper meaning of words regardless of what their common uses became. This seemed a bit too far for me. So, Judge Amy, first of all, am I in the right that using the abbreviation AM alongside with in the morning is needless repetition? Second of all, am I entitled to punitive damages due to his excessive nitpicking over an essentially throwaway comment about a pet peeve? I regret that I only have a single pet to submit as a pet tax and that he'll be a repeat for Amy. Behold, my tailless void pot-tat. Potat. Ooh, oh. potat. Fat black cat with no tail. Emperor Dark Chocolate the Fabulous caught with one a one-inch blip. Uh, I took him almost a year before he would let me let me pet him. And just this week, he was discovered... He has discovered that he actually enjoys head and neck scritches. I hope it doesn't take another year before he discovers the joys of the lap, but who knows. As always, thank you so much for making the news not just informative, but fun. Sending my love to you all and the extended community whose good news, games, and pets keep us all afloat. <gasps> Wait a minute. <laughs> That's a chonk. Yep. I'm, I'm interested in the no-tail situation, but before we get to that... um. I agree with Don. I mean, what the hell? Like, we don't need, we don't need 3 a.m. in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, we understand. A.m. means morning. Yeah, um, because because you you wouldn't you also need to say even if it's 3 a.m. it's dark. You would if you said 3 a.m. in the night. Mm-hmm. That's also it's 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 irrelevant. There's only one 3 a.m. There you go. In a 24-hour period, there's no need to annotate it any further. Yep. Yep. I. Makes I sense. agree. I I don't know if I've ever used like on in what context would you ever be like okay so it was three a.m. in the morning like I just I can't imagine like what were you doing at three a.m. No, and no editor would let you leave that in a that colloquialism in any kind of yeah. uh, writing. But the other thing too that you know you have to remember is that if you ask me for one of my pet peeves and I tell you what it is, you there's no argument. Yeah, no, that's a pet. That's my pet yeah. peeve. You're not going to change it with all of your looking up definitions and stuff. So I think you're entitled to punitive damages in the amount of cookies. (gasps) Cookies. Yes. What kind of cookies? Important to know this. Uh, Well, whatever, whatever her favorite cookies are. I'm I'm always a chocolate chip person. That's my go to. Love a chocolate chip. Also, but if you want to really like if you if you feel really perturbed by this incident, 
I would even say you are eligible for a cookie ice cream sandwich. Yeah, I agree. And remember, even if it's not exactly repetitive, yep. it's an unnecessary indicator that you that you don't have to put on there. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not necessary. And and I think the very definition of it, we're going to get into the weeds, a pet peeve is supposed to be a thing that is just like a throwaway thing. It's You know what I mean? It, it is minor in its own thing. So I, I agree. I think um, what, Hubby, as wonderful as he is, really, really owes you an ice cream sandwich. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Well, that case is settled. Thank you, Judge Amy. And thank you. Uh, who is our submitter Dawn. there? Dawn. Um, and, uh, you know, we appreciate your submission. And if you have anything you want to submit to Amy's court, you can do that along with any, you know, submitting any confessions or corrections or what the mutt, find the cat, where's the swears, uh, whatever you want to play or send into us, you can do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Do you have anything you want to say before we get out of here for the weekend, Amy, and you go play your D&D game? Oh, well, just enjoy your weekend. You know, it's been a tough week for a lot of people on social media and, you know, things, things are, emotions are flying high. And I just, I don't know. It's helpful to just take take a moment to yourself. If it's been a tough week for you, make sure you make a little time because, God, time is really all we got. And then we don't got it. You know what I mean? It goes. Yeah. So I just, I hope you can take some time for yourself. Yes. Wonderful. And um, who that new CDC news about no masks. I'm still weird. I don't understand. I know. I, I, I'm still going <laughs> to wear the mask. I mean, like I was excited to hear the news, but I'm like also probably still, I don't think I'll ever fly again without a mask on just because I don't want to get sick. Right. And I'll probably would be wearing it all winter yep. um, indoors because I didn't have a flu yep. at all. It was amazing. For the last yeah. year. All right. Okay. I'm glad we're in agreement. Cool. And uh, yeah, Ben, and we'll see how it goes. But what, gosh, we're, uh, it's, we're almost there and how wonderful and elections matter. So thank you, everyone. And thank you. Thank you, Amy. And we'll talk again next week. Until then, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been Amy Carrero. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>